we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. I want you to understand that it's a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. That's people. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Mystery, even a mystery, hit from ages through history, generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, the nation, victory. You're listening to, listening to, now since Mysteries of the Bible has been on the air, uh, our main goal was to establish truth according to God. Welcome to another episode of Mysteries of the Bible. I am your host, Mr. Powers, and I would like to introduce my co-host. St. James. St. James, how you doing today? I'm doing good if I can get the frog out of my throat from the very beginning of the show. Yes, <laughs> 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 yeah, sir, what's going on? Now. Yeah, Not yep. much, man. I'm uh, excited here. Excited here to uh, uh, continue and do part two of The Truth About Easter, Easter Sunday. Oh yeah, everything, everything that it entails. Um, a lot has been coming out um throughout these different segments and classes and uh, mysteries of the Bible. Um, we've had a lot of visitors. When I say visitors, people have been um listening to the show. Um, I believe we even have from Austria recently. We have visits yeah. and Austria. like France or something too, right? And France and France. So shout yeah. out to everybody in Austria and France. Um, keep listening. Um, and everywhere else that's listening globally and um, nationally, keep listening to the radio show. We're going to keep having these amazing classes coming out of the word of God. Like um, we always say, our teacher is the prophet of God's father, the God's comforter, holy apostle and chief our priest, Tazadakia, who is the mm-hmm. one that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ prophesied will come in the scriptures. He's known as the comforter. So he's the one that was prophesied to come and to teach us all things and bring everything back into our remembrance, the things that Christ has taught us. So really excited about this. So how do you feel about this? Yeah. So um, St. James. Uh, this is it's great. Like you said, I think you said it very, very well. So it's like, this is yeah, only guys and comfortable apostle and chief our peace. Is like, this is, that's how you know that he's the one. Is that right. if, if if we if we if we make any sense, it's only because we learned it from him. <laughs> That's right. That's you right. know. That's right. So yeah, it is, it, it all all glorifies our Lord, King, and Savior, Jesus Christ. That that's the focus. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And uh, no one should be able to gain say nor resist what we're saying. Like it says in the book of Luke twenty one verse fifteen, because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ gave the gods and comfort of that mouth. He has right. that mouth, and he has right. taught us the teachings that. And the understanding that Christ gave him. So that's why when people hear these um understanding that's coming on the show, they know that wow, this is something that can't it can't be gainsaying. Somebody made a comment that this can't be gainsaying or resisted. No, you can't. Mm. Because this right. is coming from directly from the mouth of Christ to the gods and comfort and taught to us um directly as students of the Holy Gods and Comfort, which makes us students and disciples of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So the real Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, it's it's hard to come against it once you once you disprove it. What like mathematically, uh, logically, uh, scriptorially? <laughs> yep, exactly. So um, it's amazing, and and just keep listening. There's a lot that's gonna be coming out. We have a, another interesting class that's gonna be coming out um on the next uh, show, which you'll hear about later on. And just more, just keep listening. This is this is the road to your salvation. So if you're not in the Israelite Church of God and Jesus Christ, and you're listening, and you 
or becoming interested, then your time is now. You need to come in and become a member of the true church of Christ that Christ spoke about. The church that has been around um, since the time of the wilderness, which is God's mm -hmm. chosen people. Um, and we are here doing the job that God has called us to do and ordained us to do, which is teach his word to the ones that's going to eventually come back to the truth. So real excited, very excited. Yeah, right, let's go then. So let's do it. So what we want to do is a recap. We was talking about the topic is called the truth about Easter and going into Easter Sunday. So this is part two. Um, mm -hmm. We left off. We left off with a with a cliffhanger. <laughs> we went and um, proved that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ could not have died on a Good Friday because they, there's a doctrine out there by um, the majority of what's called Christianity, um, Catholicism being the head of that Christianity, following right under that Protestants, you know, different um, denominations. They believe in Jesus Christ crucified on a Good Friday. Their whole setup is based on them believing that Christ. Crucified on the Good Friday and died for the sins of all people and resurrected on what they call an Easter Sunday. And this is what they base their whole um, belief on, um, St. James. They mm -hmm. go to church on Sundays because they know that the Sabbath was Saturday, but because our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to them, resurrected on the Easter Sunday, that the Sabbath has changed <laughs> now from, right. from Saturday to Sunday. So we're going to be addressing that later on because, again, if, if, if we prove to you without a shadow of a doubt that Christ did not resurrect on the Sunday. How is first of all, that's not even scriptorial. Right. Not even scriptorial that the Sabbath changed from Saturday to Sunday. Even if he did, like even if he did resurrect on the Sunday, which we know he didn't. But even if he did, there's still no scriptures tell you that the Sabbath changed from Saturday to Sunday, which we're gonna go into later. So again, what is your whole belief on? It's not it's not doctrine, it's not the word of God. It's tradition and you know, the occult, which we're gonna go into mm -hmm. later on. <laughs> So, um, I mean, what do you think about that, St. James? Yeah, I think it's, 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 it's absolutely amazing. And that's what they, they try to, yeah, they, they try to come back with all kinds of different stuff. So, and it's, it's, it's just great to be able to go and show according to the word. Cause even if they try to come back with, oh, well, this was the leadership of the church during this time and, and God gave them the power and that's his, you know, and that's why now we change the days. No, no, no. Well, if, if they really are the leadership of the true church of God, then everything has to be according to the word. That's right. right. So, that's right. Like we've been saying and since the last show, uh, the truth about Easter part one, that your your guide is supposed to be the word of God, not man. Right. If everything, if they, they show you everything that they do is supposed to be according to the word of God. That's your guide. Okay? That's our guide, the word of God. And again, the word of God, <laughs> what they don't realize, we're going to touch on that later on, St. James, is that if mm -hmm. you're not ordained to reveal the mysteries of the word of God, the word of God is going to be a trap for you. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. What call it? Snare. <laughs> it's a snare to you. <laughs> Meaning God got traps in the Bible. You were, you were like, why are certain things written in there? Why does it say this then? Yeah, we're going to go into that because guess what? If you don't have the truth, then God just set you up. You set up and you're trapped because God don't want you to learn it because God's like he told his disciples that it was given to them to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to mm -hmm. the rest, which is the world, it is not given. So that means God ain't going to give it to everybody. So we understand that. But the one that the ones that God is gonna, has given to, which he says that the ones that God gave him is in his hand, 
we know that those are the ones that's going to eventually wake up. So this is our job. And we're here to also um, take down the lies, which is part of what we're supposed to do. That's being taught about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we're showing you, like we showed you before, that that's not the true Jesus. So if that's not the true Jesus that you're following, who are you following? Okay. So and let's go ahead. That's the question right there. Yes, sir. That's the question right there. Who are you following? Right. Hmm. So let's do a recap. Um, let's just do a quick Please, recap. Yes, sir. We mentioned Ash Wednesday is what starts off that time period leading up to Good Friday. Um, we know that Good Friday is the day that they claim that Christ was crucified, and it ends off at um, um, sunrise services. Mentioning that for a reason, sunrise services on an Easter Sunday. Okay, and this comes around every year. Um, so does Ash Wednesday. What is Ash Wednesday about? Or what do they say it's about? Because we're going to tell you what it's really about later on. What is Ash Wednesday about? Ash Wednesday is about what's called the beginning of length. Um, and they start, they come to church, they have a, 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 a whatever it is that they have, a, a sermon, and then they put ash mm. in the head and they begin um, the point of repentance and abstinence and um, giving up certain meats. Um, which is not eating meats, only eating fish on Fridays for a 40-day period, and that's known as Lent. Um, they say that that is talking about or representation symbolically of the 40 days and 40 nights that Christ went into the wilderness, okay? Again, no scriptorial reference or background to validate that tradition that they follow. Um, the question is, why ashes? Why on a Wednesday as well? Why start on a right. Wednesday every year? Okay. Just everybody keep that in mind because it's going to come back later on. So then they have this 40-day period um, of Lent where they're doing repentance. Before that, they have Fat Tuesday and um, Carnival um, and Mardi Gras because they know that the, the the in the ancient times, they didn't have refrigerators to keep their meats uh, co um, cold. So those meats would eventually, what, they would start to um, um, expire and they would have to get rid of it. So what, what they would do, they would have carnival and eat up all their meats and get rid of all their lusts and their sins before that. <laughs> and then on Wednesday begin the time period of Lent when they will start being repentant, leading up to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Um, all that right. is tradition that was kept um, prior to the time of Christ. And we're going to speak on that. Where did that come from? This is stuff that was intermingled into the church of way later after the time of Christ. And say the church, the church that wound up taking over and claiming that they were the true ones, but the, you know, that's not the case because Christ told you that there'll be a time period where the believers that had the truth would eventually be martyred. So and Satan will come in and set up this church using the name of Christ to deceive many. Uh, as St. James have went over in the transformation of the dragon not too long ago. So if you haven't watched it, you can go back um, and look up that episode and you'll see how all that transpired. So, um, St. James, anything you want to say on that? No, no, sorry. I think we, we get, we got some, you give them the recap and let's go, let's go, sir. Cause we, like, we always try and keep it to an hour and we're never going to keep it to an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go to Matthews 12 and 40. Let's just recap. Let's look at the prophecy of when Christ was going to, um, crucify. How long was he going to be? Um, crucified for where was when was he once he crucified? How long was he was going to be on the earth for, or mm -hmm. dead? So let's go to Matthew twelve forty real quick. Let's read that. This is the prophecy concerning Christ's crucifixion. 
For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. So this is the prophecy that Christ is giving that um, wicked generation that's looking for a sign. And Christ said, this is the sign that I'm going to give you to let you know I'm the son of man, that I'm God. Read it again. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. So Jonah was a prophet that was around in, during the time of the Old Testament. And he was sent out to um, preach repentance to the Israelites that was in Nineveh. And while he was there, he was complaining. But nevertheless, the Lord pronounced a judgment on Jonah and had a whale swallow him. And how long was he in there for? Three days and three nights. So Christ is giving a comparison. He said, just like Jonah's was three days and three nights. Three days. Look at that. Three days and three nights. He didn't say three days or just three nights. He said three days and three nights. Very careful to pay attention to the words that Christ said because every word that Christ said is has a meaning behind it. Three days and three nights. So let's read that again, please. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. That's three full days and three full nights. Come on. So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So that lets you know that he's going to be, once he gave up the spirit, he was going to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, which is a complete three full days. Um, where did he go within those three, three days and three nights? That's something, as we go on to the episode, you'll see where he was at for three days and three nights. So, um, but those are, how, how long is those three days and three nights? Some, somebody, somebody might say, well, it's just allegory to just a day. But does Christ give us actual time to reference what those three days and three nights mean? Yes. Let's go to John 11, verse 9. So we're doing a recap. Mm -hmm. John chapter 11, verse 9. Let's see if Christ himself identified the dispensation of time of three days and three nights. John chapter 11, verse 9. Let's read that, please. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? So <laughs> clear as day. Look at that. Christ said, are there not 12 hours in a day? If you know anything about a day in the Bible, in the word of God, it says from evening unto evening. Okay, that's in the book of Genesis. When God was establishing the days from evening unto evening was the first day. From evening unto evening was the second day. So you have evening and you have the day portion of the day. So from evening to evening is a day. That is a complete 24 hour period. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is saying, are they not 12 hours in a day? So if there's 12 hours in the day, how many hours is in there in the night? 12 hours. The same thing we're going through today. 24 hour period. So it's supposed, it's supposed to be, but we know that it was changed because during this time, as the book of Daniel lets us know that they would change the time of the season. You have what's known as daylight saving time. So they mm -hmm. changed the time, but it's supposed to be St. James. And it was back then. 12 hours in the day, 12 hours at night, which consists of one full day. So when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said he was going to be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, he was talking about three full days and three full nights. When you do the math, that equals to 72 hours, St. James. Right. And 72 hours. Mm. Go ahead. Yeah, so no, I, I don't want to jump ahead. So I'm like, so 72, three days and three nights, and you start calculating back from there, and something right. falls short, you know? Yeah, falls short. So if you look at just Friday alone, from Friday to Sunday, you're not going to get 72 hours. Okay, it's just mathematically impossible. 
if you look at the days and you want to look at it allegorically, that still doesn't add up. Okay, and we're just giving you the benefit of the doubt. We don't have to do that, but we're just still proving to you that it's, it's completely, it's completely, there's no way you're going to get three days and three nights. Right. No way. Impossible. Impossible. So now we're going to look at what time he actually died. So we can start calculating from Friday to Sunday. And let's just see if we get 72 hours. So if we go back to the book of Mark, chapter 15. Okay. Okay. And, um, Mark 15. And I believe it's around the 33rd verse. Um, yep, yes, sir. Get there with you. Yep. Perfect. 33. So from 33, we're going to read up to 37. Let's get the time that our Lord Savior Jesus Christ actually gave up the spirit while he was on the cross. So this is the day that Christ is being crucified. He's on the cross. Um, and we're gonna see exactly what time he gave up the spirit. Because if we know what time he gave up the spirit, then we can calculate 72 hours after that and see what time he resurrected because he said three days and three nights. In other words, no less than that time. No less right. than 72 and hours he was gonna be on the earth. Right, and that's to eliminate all of the doubt and any confusion whatsoever if someone's trying to say, well, now it says three days, so it says Friday, we got to start with that. When's the first part? Right. It's 12 midnight. That's that's those where you start the, the day. So now let's start counting from there. So now let's just... Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Christ put everything in the scriptures. It's precise and detailed. So let's go to Mark 15. Let's read verse 33, please. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. So now we look at the sixth hour, right? The sixth hour is talking about the sixth hour of the day because we just established in John 11 verse 9 that there's 12 hours in the day. The sixth hour of the day would be starting in the morning when the sun rises 6 a.m. So if you look at it from 6 a.m. and you count six hours later, that's actually noon. How do you know that to be the case? Because when you look at 12 p.m., people usually say midday, right? Midday mm -hmm. of what? midday from the 12 hours and like saint james proved um the other night on the last episode that we did that 12 hours in the night when you when the night starts at 6 p.m when you get to midnight that is the middle of the 12 hour period of the night makes sense right six, right. six hours yep. the, the middle is 12 another from so from 12 p.m to from 12 a.m to 6 a.m is another six hours so that lets you know there's 12 hours in the day 12 hours in the night that's why 12 p.m. is known, also known as noon or midday. Midday from what? From when it's supposed to be the morning of the sun, which is 6 a.m. before they change the time in our time period. So from 6 a.m. to 12 noon is six hours. So when they said the sixth hour, it's about the sixth hour of what? The sixth hour of the day, which is also known as high noon, when the sun is at its highest point. It says, verse 33, read it one more time, please. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Until the ninth hour. So what was taking place at the highest point, which is noon, which is midday, um, where the sun is at its highest point, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. So there was darkness for three hours. What is that? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God the Father caused an eclipse to take place um, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was in the cross. That three-hour period um, that he was in the cross from 12 to 3. Um, is significant and symbolically representing that those people that was there to crucify him and those that was against him, that that was going to be their future, which was utter darkness. Um, so we're going to continue reading because we're recapping. Read on. So the ninth hour is actually 3 p.m. because that's the ninth hour 
of the day. When you get to the 12th hour of the day, that's actually 6 p.m. That's how you know. So the ninth hour is 3 p.m. Read verse 34, please. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So, right, when you see that, you might, you might say, well, why is Christ saying that? Well, again, Christ is a master teacher. Even in the cross, he's teaching us how to deal with situations. When you're going through a situation, what are you supposed to, you supposed to cry to God? So, he's seen that that darkness was coming in, so he was saying, Lord, leave me not in this darkness. So, again, he's showing you how to pray to God when you're going through something. He's always teaching Israel. So he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? In other words, don't leave me in this darkness because darkness represents that God is not there. So when you see darkness, those, for those three hours, symbolically representing the ones that was going to be cast into outer darkness, which is hell, Christ like, don't leave me in this darkness because darkness represents God not being me. Where's God at? He's in the kingdom of the light. Where he's at is nothing but light. There is no darkness. So let's continue. Verse 35. And some of them that stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. But they didn't have no understanding what um, was taking place at that point. And the vinegar represented uh, is another understanding with that, which I'm not going to go into because it's going to go into another class. But. Um, there's an understanding of why vinegar was given to him and why he refused it. So let's, let's keep reading. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the spirit. Yeah, and what he said with a live what he said with a loud voice was that it is finished. In other words, and another part I think is in the book of John tells you that um, he cried out and said it is finished. Meaning the job that he came to do, the purpose of why he came on the earth, which was to die for the sins of his people has been finished it's been completed and he gave up the spirit at what time was this it was at exactly third i mean the ninth hour which is 3 p.m so now we have what we had the time that he was crucified and gave up the spirit we mm -hmm. have the, the 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 length of time that he would be in the heart of the earth which is three days and three nights which is a complete 72 hour period let's start calculating the time everybody knows that christ was crucified at 3 p.m that's how you also know that the ninth hour is 3 p.m. That's universally known. So, but they say it was a good Friday. So let's calculate the time. You have good Friday, 3 p.m. If you count 24 hours, that comes up to what day, um, St. James? That's 3 p.m. Sat Saturday. And, if, and so if, that, in case anybody has some hard time seeing, you can go and get, do a little chart. Do 3 p.m. plus 12 plus 12. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, sir. You got it. Yeah, 3 p.m. on Saturday. That's, that's 24 that's, hours. That's one day. 3 p.m. Sunday gives you what? That would be 48 hours. Which is how many days is that? That would be two days. Right. So you see how that's mathematically impossible because the scriptures tell you this. Let's go to John chapter 20, verse 1. So it doesn't even even it does not even even equate to about a day and a half. According to what they teach out there, that he was crucified at 3 p.m. on a good Friday and resurrected on a Right before sunrise or right around sunrise on an Easter Sunday, which we know is mathematically impossible. Let's read chapter the book of John, chapter 20 and verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark. Stop. So right there it says that Mary Magdalene came on the first day of the week. Everybody know that Sunday is the first day of the week. 
because they claim that the Sabbath changed from Saturday to Sunday because Christ resurrected on the Easter Sunday. So I don't want nobody trying to come back and say, well, we know the first day. No, no. You believe and you know the first day of the week is Sunday. You know the seventh day is the Sabbath. She came during the first day of the week. It says while it was yet dark. The sun has not even come out yet. So you can't even claim Sunday to be a day if you're looking at it just by days and nights and not calculating time. So look at that. And when she went to go see him, <clears throat> while it was yet dark, what happened? Let's read. Unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth, and cometh mm -hmm. to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Yeah, well, she didn't know that Christ already was risen. So in another part of the, of the gospel, it tells you that the angel came down and spoke to the other Marys that were there. There was a, a, two Marys that were there that came and, and said that he is risen as he has said. Okay, let's go to real quick. Let's go to Matthews. Um, Matthews, the 28th chapter. I'm gonna get that real quick. Matthew's 28 and um let's read from go ahead. Yeah, verse one is right where it starts up. Yep, verse one. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week. Right, as it began to Mary dawn towards the I'm sorry, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week. So we know John's account said while it was yet dark, she was already there. So as the dawn was coming, read on. Came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. So yes, yeah, she, she wasn't alone. There was more than one Mary that was there. There was two Marys that were there. There was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Read on. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Right, so there was a stone. Okay, this place um, where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's body was actually laying in was actually uh, like a cave, if you want to look at it that way, that had a stone rolled in there. And this was a, a, a burying place that was actually made for um, Joseph of Arithmetia, which was a rich man who was a father of Jesus Christ. Um, when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified, he gave up that tomb that was made for him, and he put the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in that tomb and rolled it up. So now when they came to see the sepulchre, um, the angel came down and rolled back that stone and sat upon it. Reverse three, please. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And so when it says his raiment was, I'm sorry, when it says his raiment was white as snow, he had on a white garment. Okay. Verse four, please. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. It says became as dead men. They shook and became as dead men. I mean, they fainted because of what they seen. Read on. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Yeah, don't fear ye, because the one that you're seeking for, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which was crucified, reverse 6. He is not here, for he is risen. He is not he here, for he is risen, as he said. Come. Yeah, he is not here. He is risen, for he is risen, as he said. As he said. Very important. What did he say? Three days and three nights. And another part of scripture says after three days. So let, letting you know that what? No less than 72 hours 
before Christ will resurrect from being in the heart of the earth. So three days and three nights, he will resurrect right after that. Okay, three days and three nights. Read verse six one more time. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Verse 7. And go quickly, and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There you should, there shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. You see that? So that's amazing. He resurrected as he said, which was not, or couldn't have been, on an Easter Sunday because it's mathematically impossible. Remember, he is risen as he said. He said what? Three days and three nights. Another part of the Bible, he said after three days. So we know that it had to be a complete 72-hour period before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would actually resurrect and come back into the earth. So you see that. So it's, it's, it's impossible for it had to have been a Friday, 3 p.m., and resurrect on what they call an Easter Sunday because the math is not there. It's mathematically impossible. <laughs> so if he didn't resurrect on the Easter Sunday, when did he actually resurrect? St. James, what you want to say? Yeah, no, it's like so even at even on Sunday, 3 p.m., you get 48 hours. So it was right. it's, a, it's, it's it's a you know a good Thursday. You mean what <laughs> <laughs> so then um the thing that they're looking at is Mark 15:40. So this is what's jamming them up because they don't have the understanding of scripture. Plus, okay. there's other things as there's other things as mingled into Good Friday and Easter Sunday, which we're gonna eventually um lead to that. But Matthew's fifteen forty two, real quick. We're still recapping, and then we're gonna go into what day was it prophesied? Exactly what day he will actually. So you have no mistake without a shadow of a doubt. Even though you, if you don't want to go by the time, if you don't want to go by this, is there a day that was prophesied to the prophets that the Messiah <clears throat> will be? actually crucified this is what we're getting up to we're leading up to rather mark 15 42 read that and now when the even was come because it was the preparation that is the day before the sabbath read 43 joseph of arimathea an honorable counselor which which also waited for the kingdom of god so we're just talking about him. We're talking about Joseph Marithia, which is also an honorable man, a counselor, a rich man. Come on. Came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. So you see that? Um, he went to go get the body of Jesus because, again, the Sabbath was getting ready to come in and they had to bury the body before the Sabbath came in. So read verse 42 again. So I'm getting to a point that this is what they're actually trying to say. So this is one of the verses where they try to say, well, it's talking about Friday because the Sabbath is coming in. Read verse 42. And now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. So the preparation is actually the day before the Sabbath. The Sabbath comes in that evening of whatever day it is. If it's a Friday or it's a high holy day, the preparation will be that day of. And it come, the, the, the Sabbath will come in that evening. So before the Sabbath came, Joseph went to Pilate and asked for the body because they wanted to make sure that the body was buried. Um, before the Sabbath came in that evening. So the question is, what preparation and what Sabbath? Is this talking about Friday? Because we just showed you that it couldn't have been on a Friday, which is the day preparing before the Sabbath. The Sabbath comes down that Friday evening, and you're supposed to be in the temple. So if it's not talking about the weekly Sabbath, what Sabbath is this talking about? What preparation and what Sabbath? Was there another Sabbath that was going to be taking place during that time that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was being crucified? 
Let's go to John chapter 19 and verse 31. Let's see. Read that, please. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. You see that? So we look, we were reading pretty much the same account that we just read in Mark. But now we're reading it in John's account. It says the Jews thereof because it was the preparation. So now the question is, the preparation for what? The weekly Sabbath or for another Sabbath, which is a high holy day? Because what they don't realize and what they don't know because they don't know the scriptures, they error in knowing the scriptures, they don't know that high holy days or high days is also known as Sabbath days. So read verse 31 again, please. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. For that Sabbath day. For that, for that, let's slow down a bit. For that Sabbath day is, is, is separating that Sabbath day from other Sabbath day. It says for that Sabbath day was what? Was what? Read St. James. Was in high day. Was a what? And high day. And high day. And high day. And high day meaning on high holy day. What's another word for a high day or high holy day? Holiday. So now what day or what was the preparation for? And what Sabbath or what high day was this referring to? Go to go up a little bit and let's go to John chapter 19, verse 14. And it was the preparation of the Passover. And it was a preparation of what? The Passover. So we see that that Sabbath that was coming in was the preparation of the Passover, which is also another Sabbath day. The Passover is known as a yearly Sabbath or an annual Sabbath, which comes once a year. Then you have different high holy days like Purim. You have uh, the Feast of First Fruits. The memorial blowing of trumpet. These are all annual Sabbath that comes once a year. They're known as high days, high holy days, or what the world calls today holidays. So these are also Sabbaths. So when it talks about the preparation, how they had to bring down the, the body because the Sabbath day was coming in, that wasn't talking about Good Friday, because we know it's mathematically impossible for him to have passed away on a Good Friday, but we know that's referring to the high holy day, which was the Passover, also known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So you see how clear that is? Mm -hmm. So let's go to another scripture just to show you that that was talking about the Sabbath day. Let's go, Um, let's talk about Passover. Let's go to Matthews, just to get it clear. Let's go to Matthews 26, verse 2. Matthews 26, verse 2. You know that after two days is the Feast of the Passover. So let's read verse 1. Let's just read verse 1 again to see who's and, talking here. And it came to pass, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples. So who's saying this? Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is saying to his disciples. What is he saying to his disciples? Let's read verse 2. Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover. So what was coming up in two days and after two days? The feast of the Passover. So when they was preparing or that preparation day leading to a high holy day Sabbath, it's talking about the Passover. So what does that tell us? That, they, that tells us that there will actually be two Sabbaths that week, St. James. Mm -hmm. During that week that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was crucified, there will be two Sabbaths. There will be your weekly Sabbath, which begins on sundown Friday evening and ends on Saturday sundown. And there will be another Sabbath that was going to be taking place during the week, as we read before in other episodes, that could fall on any day of the week. 
So that Sabbath that they was preparing for, that they had to put Christ's body, that Joseph of, of Arithmetheia went to Pilate and begged for Christ's body, was talking about the Passover Sabbath. Passover Sabbath. Let's go to another one. Let's go to Luke 22, verses 1 and 2. Because um, within Passover, you have another High Holy Day that's the same thing. Luke chapter 22 and read verse 1, 1 and 2. Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. You see that? Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. Again, this is an High Holy Day. This is a Sabbath. So when Christ was crucified, we know that it was not Friday because we show you that it's mathematically impossible. We knew that that Sabbath was coming in. Couldn't have been a weekly Sabbath because in John's account, St. James, what did it tell us? It tells us that that Sabbath day is what? An high, high day, day. right? Which is different from your weekly Sabbath. What high day was that? John 19, 14 tells you that the preparation was for the Passover. Okay. And now here we're looking at the Christ is letting us know that after two days in John 26, verse 2, is the feast of Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. And then you know that why he was going to be crucified when? On a Passover. And Luke 22, verses 1 and 2, read that again, please. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they that? feared the people. So when were they planning to crucify him and get him and try to kill him? It was during the, the feast of the High Holy Day, Passover, which is also known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So St. James, we just read a whole recap and we established what? We established that Christ gave the prophecy that he would be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights when he was crucified. Um, mm -hmm. to get to get everything out the way we let you know that there's 12 hours in a day so 12 right. hours in a day lets us know there's 12 hours in a night which makes a one day 24 hours three days from okay. that gives you up 72 hours um right. we went and we made sure well, guess what okay what time did christ come what excuse me not come what time did christ was crucified mm -hmm. or what time right. was he crucified rather and we know that that was a 3 p.m okay so we if he was crucified on a 3 p.m friday according to them um he couldn't have resurrected on a easter sunday because he wouldn't have fulfilled his word which is three days and three nights exactly when we went, when we went into matthews we've seen how the angel came down and told one of the marys that christ is not here that he is risen as he said what did he say three days three nights so now we see that the sabbath that was coming in which is what the world uses to try to say it had to be a friday that it couldn't have been a Friday. We show you that mathematically. But we show you that there was another Sabbath during that week, which was a high day, which is what? The Passover, also known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So now that the only thing that's missing, St. <laughs> James, is what day was that? If it was not a Friday, what day was that? He didn't resurrect on a Sunday. That's clear. That's clear in the scriptures, St. James. Right. It says before so, the first day of the week. So he was already risen. He was already risen before the before the first day. Before it says, while it was yet dark, meaning the daylight, mm -hmm. the day portion of the, of the twenty four hour period of a day didn't even come in yet. So again, where where are they getting that from? They lying to you in these churches. Okay, there's a reason why they 
call it Easter Sunday. There's a reason why it's done on the first Sunday after the first full moon of the vernal equinox. That's all done for a reason, which we're going to get to. So now what we want to get to is what day did Christ die? Because like we, we mentioned before, St. James, we mentioned that the life of Christ, a lot of it was prophesied in the Old Testament, right? Um, it was prophesied different things that would transpire with the Messiah. Okay, everybody was expecting a Messiah. Were they not St. James? They absolutely were, yes, sir. Prophesied to come. Right. It was written throughout all the scriptures that the Messiah was coming. So they was expecting the Messiah. But for us, just for, for us, just not say that. Let's actually go into the scriptures and show you that. They show you that they was expecting a Messiah to come. And this was prophesied throughout all the Old Testament that the Messiah was coming and was going to be manifested on the earth. He was promised to come. Let's go. I'm going to use two scriptures to show you that. The first one I want to go to is the book of John. And we want to go into the first chapter. And let's see what the scripture says concerning the Messiah. Yes, sir. So we, get, so we can get it clear without a shadow of a doubt that that's talking about Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, they was expecting the Israelites, the children of Israel, the Jews, they was expecting Messiah to come. John, the first chapter, and we want to start at the um, 43rd verse. Let me listen. Can you hear it? Oh, 43, please. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, no, I'm sorry. So we starting at John chapter one, verse 37, and we're going to see whether or not it was prophesied or were the children of Israel expecting a Messiah to come. John chapter one, verse 37, read. John chapter one, verse 37. And the two disciples heard him speak. Now the two disciples that heard who speak, they heard Jesus Christ speak. Who are these two disciples? These two disciples are disciples of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the one that was coming to prepare the way. And he also was the one that um, baptized our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So when, his, when the two disciples heard him speak, heard Jesus Christ speak, what happened? Read on. And they followed Jesus. And they followed Jesus. Now they became Christ's disciples. Read verse 38. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, What seek ye? Yeah, Christ said, What seek ye? What did they say unto him? Read. They said, unto him rabbi which is to say which is to say being interpreted master where dwellest thou yeah master where dwellest thou now why were they following him keep reading he saith unto them come and see they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day for it was about the tenth hour so now look at that it was about the what the tenth hour look at that so again is is just showing you the importance of knowing what 12 hours in a day signify it's telling you time right here the 10th hour if the ninth hour is 3 p.m the 10th hour is what 4 p.m so it says that they spent a whole day with our lord and savior jesus christ and it was about the 10th hour which was 4 p.m read on verse 40. one of the two which heard john speak and followed him was andrew simon peter's brother so andrew was actually one of the one of the 12 disciples which is uh, Simon Peter's brother. Now, what happened? Read verse 41. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, Now, listen, have... pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. We're going to read verse 41 again, and pay attention to this closely. And read what it says. Read verse 41. He first findeth his own brother Simon, 
and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah. Stop. It says what? Well, we have found who? The Messiah. So if you're finding for someone, that means you're looking for him. That means you're expecting for him to come. How were they looking for the Messiah? Or how were they expecting the Messiah? Because they knew the scriptures. And the scriptures was letting us know that the Messiah was promised to come. So they was expecting for the Messiah to come. So when he went, when Andrew the apostle went and found his brother Peter, which is also known as Simon, he said unto him, we have found the Messiah. Read on. Which is being interpreted the Christ. So when you see Christ, the word Messiah and Christ is synonymous. It's the same thing. Just in case a lot of people didn't know that. We want to make sure that we went there to show you that when we speak about Christ, the word Christ also means Messiah. Very important because that's going to come back later on. So it says, they found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. Read on. And he besought him and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. So he's, he's letting Peter know who he is and eventually letting him know what's his role going to be later on. Verse 43, read on. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. So now he found another one of his followers and says, follow me. Now listen to what Philip said. So we already know that Andrew and Peter were studying the word of God. They were studying the scriptures because they said they found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. That means they were studying and they knew the scriptures and they knew that there was a, there was a Messiah that was promised to come. And they said, we found the one that was promised to come. Read verse 43 one more time. The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me. So Christ said unto Philip, follow me. Now listen to what Philip said and what Philip did. Verse 44 and 45. Read. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Read on. Philip findeth Nathaniel. Now now, read it again. Philip findeth Nathaniel. So Philip findeth another believer of Jesus Christ or of the coming Messiah and listen to what they said here read verse 45 one more time please Philip findeth Nathaniel and saith unto him we have found him yeah, they, they said what they we said what found him we have found him who's the him that they were looking for they was looking for the Messiah why were they looking for the Messiah because they knew the scriptures and they were studying and they knew that according to the scriptures that the Messiah was promised to come so when they found the Messiah, what did they say? We have found him. Read on. Of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So look at that. So they said, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. So again, what does that show you? That they were studying the scriptures and they knew that the Messiah was coming. And they knew that the Messiah was who? Jesus Christ. Again, so was the Messiah was the Messiah promised to come? Yes, he was. Let's go to one more. John chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 25. John chapter 4, verse 25. The woman saith unto him, I know the Messiah cometh. So you see that? <laughs> this is showing you St. James throughout the scripture that they knew the Messiah was coming. The woman saith right. unto him, and, and we're not going to go into... The woman in the well. This is a long story that goes into another understanding. But the point that we want to get out of here in verse 25 is that the woman saith unto him, unto who? Jesus Christ. Read it again, please. 
The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh. Yeah, they knew the Messiah was coming because they knew the scriptures that the Messiah was a prophesied to come. Read on. Which is called Christ. Which is called Christ. Read on. When he is come, he will tell us all things. See, but what she didn't realize was that the one that was standing right before her is the one that was promised to come. The Messiah, which is Jesus Christ. What did Jesus Christ say to her? Read verse 30, 26. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. <laughs> I that speak unto thee am he. I am the Messiah that was prophesied to come in the Old Testament. I'm that Messiah. I am he. So again, was the Messiah prophesied to come in the Old Testament? Yes, he was. Does the scripture verify? Yes, he was. So now, if the Messiah was promised to come, St. James, and um, we mentioned before that his crucifixion was prophesied, um, um, I mean, going on the cross, even, even the two thieves that were going to be with him on the cross, even that was prophesied to come, St. James. That's in the Old Testament. The question is, does the word of God prophesy what day he will actually be crucified <clears throat> let's look at that let's go to the book of daniels chapter 9 let's go to the book of daniels chapter 9 and let's see if the word of god who has been divinely inspired by god to the prophets of god and, and, and to them Go ahead. And just and just in case, Mr. Powers, you know, because so we have some new listeners that may not be too familiar with the Bible. You know, they look and they, we, what, Daniel, what, what book are you talking about? Like these are prophetic <laughs> books of the Bible. So yeah, it's, it's right before Hosea, right there, Daniel's. Yes, sir. So we go into Daniel. Daniel was um, a mighty prophet, um, who God um, revealed a lot of information, um, dealing with the different kingdoms, leading all the way into the time that we're in and even after that um dear going into crisis time the time we're living in and even after that leading into christ's kingdom and god the father's kingdom so daniel received a lot of visions and a lot of prophecies concerning different things that will take place on the planet earth so again the question is did the word of god prophesy what day the messiah would be actually crucified let's read that daniel's chapter 9 and we want to start at verse 26 let's read that and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Stop. Let's read that again. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So again, it's talking about it's talking about who? It is talking about the Messiah. What is the point on this verse? The Messiah. The key topics here is the Messiah. It says after three score and after three score and two weeks. A score is twenty, so three score will be sixty and two. So after sixty-two weeks shall messiah be cut off 62 weeks is representing a dispensation of time that will that will that will lead up to the coming of the messiah being manifested in the earth in the flesh so that 62 weeks again symbolically representing a dispensation of time that will lead to the manifestation of the messiah coming into the earth and being eventually what cut off so let's read that again please and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So now what is Daniel prophesying? He's seeing a vision of Jesus Christ coming on the planet Earth. And showing you that he will be what? He will be cut off. What does cut off mean? Cut off means that he was going to die. And we know Christ was crucified. So if he was coming to die, who was he coming to die for? 
or why was he coming to die? Read on. But not for himself. But not for himself. Is that did that prophecy be fulfilled, or was that prophesy fulfilled? Yes, it was. Let's go to Matthew one verse twenty one. When it says the Messiah was going to be cut off, but not for he himself, it's telling you that when the Messiah comes, that he was going to eventually come and do what and die. But when he died, he wasn't going to die for himself. Why was he coming to die? He was coming to die for his people. Let's read about that. Let's hold that and let's go to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. And let's see that prophecy being told about here in the book of Matthew chapter 1 verses 21. And she shall bring forth a son. That she is referring, referring to Mary, the mother of God. She was to bring forth the son, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the way she was going to be bringing him was through a virgin birth. Which at, at some point later on, we'll go ahead and in another episode and prove that Jesus Christ actually came through a virgin birth. He had to come through a virgin birth because he had to come without sin. He had to be perfect in order for him to be that sacrifice for his people. So let's read it again, please. And she shall bring forth a son. So that she is referring to who? Mary. That son is talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is commonly known as the Annunciation which is also known as announcing the birth of the coming Messiah. When we read in Daniel's 9.26, we read that after a dispensation of time, that the Messiah was going to come on the earth and that he was going to be cut off, but not for himself. So this is going gonna, is gonna to give you the reason why he was coming. Read verse 21 one more time, please. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. The word Jesus means what? Savior. Because what was the purpose of the Messiah coming? Read. For he shall save his people from their sins. How was he going to save his people from their sins? By taking on their sins and dying on the cross. Being that what? Being that sacrifice. Because when you read the scriptures, it tells you that Christ didn't do anything. He had no sin. So when he went up on the cross, who did he go up on the cross and die for? He died for the children of Israel. He died for his people. So verse 21 is identifying the reason and the purpose why Christ came on the earth. Read it again. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. So his title is Jesus. I'm sorry. Uh, his title that he was going to be on the earth was going to be called Jesus Christ. The word Christ means Messiah, which also means anointed. He was going to be what? The anointed savior. What does Jesus mean? The word Jesus means savior. He was going to be what? The anointed savior. The savior that was promised to come. Because he was going to do what? For he shall what? Save his people. From their sins. So he was coming to save his people from their sins. So when Daniel was prophesying. Let's go back to uh, uh, Daniel chapter 9 verse 26. So when Daniel was prophesying that the Messiah that was going to come. Is going to be cut off. But not for himself. Um, there was no reason why he was nothing that he did to be cut off. But that word cut off means die. It was not going to be for himself because he had no sin. He was actually coming to die for his people, which was the children of Israel. Let's read Daniel chapter 9, verse 26 again. So again, this is Daniel prophesying about the Messiah coming in the earth. Read. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Cut off meaning he was going to be killed. The Messiah is who? Jesus Christ. We just proved that in John the first chapter and John the fourth chapter. That the Messiah, Christ said, the one that was promised to come, he said, I am he. I am that Messiah. So when it says here that the Messiah was going to be cut off, that means that he was going to be killed. But not for 
but not for himself. Why was he coming to be killed? He was coming to die for his people, as it says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Read on. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. Okay, I missed something. Let's go back up to verse 26. Well, this, is, this, is, this is amazing. This is showing you the purpose of why Christ was coming. Okay, let's read it one more time. This is, again, this is Daniel seeing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ coming in the flesh. Read verse 26 one more time, please. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. Yeah, and Messiah be cut off. Read on. But not for himself. So this is Daniel again giving you the prophecy of Christ's death, St. James, before he was even manifested in the earth. Mm -hmm. Telling you about them. Christ clearly said, I am the Messiah that's coming. When we read Matthew 26, verse 2, you said he said that the feast of Passover was coming in two days, and you know the Messiah must be what? Must be killed and crucified. Right. So we know that it was not for him, not for himself, nothing that he did, because we know that when you commit sin, sin, sin eventually brings forth what? Death, St. James. But we know that when Christ was coming, when the Messiah was coming, he was not going to die for himself. That is universally known, St. James. So this prophecy right here is talking about Jesus Christ. Cut off meaning that he was going to be killed, but it was not going to be for himself. Nothing that he did. But it was going to be for what? For his people to die for their sins. So let's just read verse 26 because this is very important right here that we look at this. Because it's gonna it's about to tell us in a minute when he actually was gonna be cut off and die. Read. And after three score and two weeks, so Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood. So when it says, and, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, that's talking about after Christ was actually crucified, what was going to be taking place, it was going to eventually lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem. And that took place when? In 70 AD. So this is the prophecy that Daniel seen. Daniel seen from the time that the Messiah was going to be manifested in the earth and be crucified, leading up to what transpired by the Roman by the Roman persecution in 70 AD. So when it says that thereof shall be with a flood and the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood, that's leading to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Come on. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Read on. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. The he is talking about the Messiah, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's going to confirm the covenant with many for one week. That week is talking about the week of Passover. So now let's analyze that real quick. How many days, St. James, are there in a week? Uh, seven days in a week, sir. And seven days in a week, right? Then in seven days, there is an odd number somewhere. Right. Seven is, a, is, is an odd number, right? <laughs> Right, seven is an odd number, correct. It's an odd number, so that means that, well, we'll read it. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows that. And he, sh and he shall confirm the covenant with many for That many that he's going to confirm the covenant with is everybody letting you know that Christ is known as the mediator of the New Testament. He's the one that comes and does and fulfilled and brought forth that what? That new covenant, which was him dying on the cross. And he was going to confirm the covenant with many. For one week. That week is talking about a literal week. 
in 26 that that those 62 weeks are prophetic weeks that week in verse 27 is an actual literal week which is talking about the week of passover the week which our lord and savior jesus christ was crucified now what's going to be taking place in that week read on and in the midst of the week stop stop right there and in the what in the midst of the week so now if you have seven days in a week what day actually falls in the midst the word midst means middle what day falls in the middle of the week saint james that's letting us know that there's a day in seven days there's a day that has three days before it mm -hmm. and then three days after it midst and means also, middle go ahead right also known as what hump day or that means you're getting you getting over <laughs> you're at the very <laughs> you're very end of the week you know you you gone over the hill so you you're going down it's just wednesday sir wednesday so that's the day that has three days before it and three days after it what are they letting us know here what is daniel's letting us know that our lord and savior jesus christ was going to be cut off in the middle of the week now how do we know that that's talking about him him being cut off in the middle of the week because the next thing that we're going to read about is going to tell you what transpired when he gave up the spirit and was crucified Read verse 20 one more time. 27 one more time, please. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Stop. He shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. To cease meaning to stop. Okay. What was the sacrifice and the oblation? that daily sacrifice that was done in the temple. How was God going to cause that to cease? Because God was going to be that final sacrifice. What was taking place with the children of Israel? When the children of Israel, St. James, committed sin, they needed to sacrifice an animal so that shedding of blood can what? Forgive them for their sins. But what did they do? They ran that sacrifice to the ground. So right. now the oblation in that sacrifice that was taking place every day stopped. When Jesus Christ was crucified. Why? Because he will be, St. James, that final sacrifice. How do we know that to be true? When it says um, the oblation, the sacrifice and the oblation was, was to cease in the midst of the week. Let's show you that. Mark chapter 15. And we're going to start at verse 36. So we're going back to Mark now. Let's hold Daniel's. And we're going to go to Mark. 15 and verse 36 and 37. Let's start from verse 34. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them that stood by, when they heard it, said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. And all this was done when? In the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. And what happened at 3 p.m. in the ninth hour? Read verse 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the spirit. And did what? And gave up the spirit. And he gave up the spirit. So what time did he give up the spirit? It was actually at 3 p.m. Now, what happened as soon as he gave up the spirit? This is what Daniel's foretold that would happen. 
read. This is what Daniel's foretold will happen in the midst of the week. What will take place once Christ was crucified and gave up the spirit? Read verse 38. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. So the veil of the temple, which is where the sacrifice takes place, rent in twain from the top to the bottom. This actually happened. Now, why did this happen? It's to let you know that Christ was going to no longer be accepting those sacrifices. Why? Because he was going to be that final sacrifice. Read it one more time, please. Verse 38. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. From the what? From the top to the bottom. So what is this letting us know when it ripped in twain that Christ is also doing what? He's rejecting that priesthood. He was rejecting that Levitical priesthood. Who was the ones that was doing the daily oblation and the sacrifice? The Levitical priesthood. What did Christ do when he caused that temple to be ripped in twain? I'm no longer accepting it. I'm rejecting the priesthood. Okay, this is what Daniel was foretelling. That daily sacrifice that was being taken place in the oblation, God caused that to cease when he was crucified on the cross. Meaning I am rejecting that priesthood. I'm no longer accepting your sacrifice. Now, why? Because I am that final sacrifice. And that took place when? In the middle of the week, St. James. So let's go back to mm -hmm. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And now that we see that it was a Wednesday, and we have what time that he actually was crucified, we have the amount of time that he will be in the earth. Let's calculate that and see what data we get. And let's see if that falls in line with the time that Mary came in before the sun came up and he was already gone. If that's not talking about a Wednesday, then please tell me what day that's talking about. Because if you look at Thursday, 3 p.m., you get Friday, 3 p.m., that's 24 hours, right, St. James? That's you right. You get Saturday, 3 p.m., that's 48 hours, right? That's right. That's two days. You go back to Sunday, 3 p.m., and you get 72 hours. Again, mathematically impossible. So we know that it couldn't have been a Thursday either. St. James. That's right. So that's how you know the scriptures letting us know that it's talking about what day? Wednesday. Go back to mm -hmm. Daniel 9, verse 27. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So again, this week, this week that is talking about in verse 27, um, as you read up in verse 24, 25, those are those are um, spiritual or what's known as prophetic weeks on um, verse 27 is talking about the literal week so verse 27 is a literal week and he's talking about the messiah that was to come which is our lord and savior jesus christ shall confirm the, the covenant with many for one week that literal week how many days is in a week seven days so that's an odd number that means it's going to be a day that falls right in the middle read on and in the midst of the week and in the midst of the week we know that that day that falls in the middle is wednesday because we know that the first day is sunday okay y'all know that y'all try to say that that's the new sabbath sunday so you know sunday is the first day of the week <laughs> right <laughs> you know that saturday is the seventh day of the week so out of a seven day period which makes up a whole week what day falls in the middle wednesday what will take place on the wednesday daniels is letting us know in the midst of the week read on he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. So stop. He will cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. What happened when Christ gave up the spirit? The veil of the temple ripped in two. In twain means in two. 
letting us know I am rejecting that Levitical priesthood. I am no longer accepting that sacrifice and that oblation. I am causing it to cease. Why? Because I am that final sacrifice. I am that final sacrifice. So, that's letting you know that what? That Christ died on a Wednesday. Read verse 26 again. And then we're going to jump. Read this again. Verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. But not for himself. Stop. So he was going to be cut off, meaning he was going to be killed. Not for himself. For who? For the children of Israel. And what, uh, what day was that going to happen when he was going to be cut off? Read verse 27 now. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That week is the Passover week. Read on. And in the midst of the week. So when was he going to be cut off? Read it again. In the midst of the week. So he was going to be cut off, meaning killed in the midst of the week. When he died, what happened? Read it again. He shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And that happened. We saw that happen. The oblation and the sacrifice happens in the temple. The veil of the temple ripped in twain. He said, I am no longer accepting the priesthood. I am rejecting the sacrifice. I am now that final sacrifice. How do we know that to be 100% true? Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 29. And this is why it's important to understand that Christ actually died on a Passover. <laughs> St. James. I mean, you can't get no clearer than that. Yeah, and and that's the sorry if if I may this like Go this ahead. right here. This is how you know that everyone else who's trying to talk about the Bible, everyone else who's trying to talk about the Word of God, if they have not been taught by the source, if they have not been taught mm. through the Holy Spirit, they have not been taught by the Holy God sent come for the Holy Apostle and Tivah Priest Hazadakia, they don't know. You know, I'm making a family show, right? So <laughs> it's then they don't know anything. Like Nothing. this is how you prove things. This is how you go back and forth and it makes sense. That's right. how the math adds up. There's no number book, no numerology, no no no. It, the, it makes sense what based on precept upon precept, and that's how you find out the information. Because and nobody can just go into Daniel's. Are you kidding me? You go into Daniel's like that and try and try and get that understanding by yourself. Right. Again, this is this is information that was taught to us by the gods and comfort. Holy Apostle and Chief High Priest tells doctor. I mean, there's no way you're going to get out of it. Christ died on a Wednesday at 3 p.m. But let's show you that he was actually the Messiah that was um, going to no longer accept the daily sacrifice because he was going to become that final sacrifice. Go to John chapter 1 and verse 29. This is amazing. Um, so we're going to find out exactly what time he resurrected also. So John chapter one and read verse 29, please. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him. So now this is John is John the Baptist, the one that was to prepare the way of the Messiah. The next day, John seeth Jesus. And what did he say to him? Read. And saith, behold, the Lamb of God. So what was Christ known as? The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. Wow. And he died on a Passover. Mm. He's symbolically representing that lamb. And this is how you know that he had to come perfect, without sin, without spot. Because in order for you to sacrifice that lamb during the Passover, that lamb had to be without spot and it had to be without blemish and be perfect. So let's letting you know that Christ, when he died, when he was crucified, when he was killed, he was perfect without sin because he became that sacrifice. 
Read it again, please. Verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Which taketh away the sins of the world, that world being the world of Israel. He take away the sins of the world because he was that perfect sacrifice, St. James, without spot and without blemish, without sin. <laughs> And that was a beautiful point, too, you made, too. And just in case it went over some people's heads and said the world is Israel, please definitely send us a note on blogtalk at icgjc.org. And it's because it's a whole other class that goes in that topic. And we'll, we'll cover that in some other shows. But definitely just mm -hmm. make sure that it's clear in case anybody's the first time hearing it. Like, wait a minute, we talking about the world, Israel. But it's just like we proved, just like Mr. Powers, rather, is proving everything right now according to the word. That can also be proved according to the word. That's right. That's right, St. James. So now we've seen that Christ had to be that final sacrifice. So he caused the oblation and the sacrifice to cease. So now we see that that happened in the middle of the week, which we know is a Wednesday. I mean, now we have a day, St. James. We have a time and we mm -hmm. have a dispensation of time. Let's put That's it right. all together. Okay. He died on a Wednesday mm -hmm. during Passover at 3 p.m. He said three days and three nights, which is 72 hours. So let's count with me, St. James. 3 p.m. Wednesday, which is 3 p.m. Thursday, gives us what? 20... You got me all choked up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> 24 hours. 24 hours, which also includes a day and a night, in case you want to look at it that way. That covers right. that too. So now from Thursday to Friday, what do you That's have? Two days. And two nights or 48 hours. Thank you. Now, the third day will be actually, that's the third night as well. The first mm -hmm. night was Wednesday. Remember, Wednesday night. Thursday night is two nights. Friday nights is three nights. So um, let's do it over again just so right. everybody can stay with us. So from Wednesday, 3 p.m. to Thursday is how many hours? 24 hours. Which is also one day and one night. From Thursday night going all the way till Friday, 3 p.m. gives us what? 48 hours. 48 hours, which now you have what? You have two days and two nights, St. James. Now from 3 p.m. Friday, which is during the day, to 3 p.m. Saturday, you have Friday night, which gives you the third night. From 3 p.m. Friday to 3 p.m. Saturday gives you how many days, how many nights, and how many hours, St. James? That's three days and three nights and 72 hours. Psst. Come on. Can't get out of it. So now it makes sense that when Mary, the Marys went to go see the sepulcher, while it was yet dark on the first day that the angel told them that he is not here. He has risen as he said because he resurrected on the Sabbath at 3 p.m. Because mm. he crucified on a Wednesday, 3 p.m. Three days and three nights. Right there in the scriptures. Can't get out of that. What you gonna say now? <laughs> no, you can't say anything on it. Can't say nothing. So where do they get Good Friday from? Where do they get Easter Sunday from? Where do they get Ash Wednesday from? Let's 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 talk about Ash Wednesday, St. James. Because mm. they're getting that for a reason. Um, 
they know, scholars know that Ash, that Wednesday is when Christ was crucified. And when they right. set up Ash Wednesday, again, when you put ashes in you, um, this is one of the reasons, also another reason behind that. One of the reasons is they make a mockery of Jesus Christ. Um, mm. Because they knew that he died on a Wednesday, okay, as was taught to us by the Holy Ghost and Comfort. So Ash Wednesday also represents um, them making mockery of the fact that the Son of God was crucified on a Wednesday. Because why a Wednesday? When we start going into the 40 days leading up to Good Friday into Easter Sunday, why pick Wednesday? <laughs> why right. pick Wednesday? There's a reason why they picked that. Because they knew that he was crucified on a Wednesday. So they're actually making mockery of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, being crucified on a Wednesday, 3 p.m., resurrecting on a Saturday, 3 p.m., also known as the hour prayer. Amazing, amazing. I mean, come on, mm. amazing. Mm. Can't get out of that. So again, um, let's let's go to another scripture and let's just show you something um concerning um the purpose of Christ's blood being spilled. Go to e, uh Hebrews 9:15 or 9:13. Then we're going to show you that he was actually sacrificed on a Passover because he is our Passover. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 13. When you get it, you can read it, please. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the purifying of the flesh. Right. Go ahead. How much more shall the blood of Christ? Mm. <laughs> Go ahead. How much more, How shall, much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to without God. Without what? Spot. Mm -hmm. To God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So now, when you read Daniel's 9, 26, 27, and even above that, um, it lets you know that he's going to cause the oblation, the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. When he died, the veil of the temple rent in twain, meaning he was rejecting that priesthood and he was no longer accepting the sacrifices. Why? He was going to become the final sacrifice. John chapter 1 verse 29 lets us know that he would be known as the Lamb of God that would take away the sins of the world. How, how, how was he going to be that Lamb of God? Because he was going to be sacrificed. Just like animals were sacrificed to shed their blood for the remission of Israel's sin. Without the shedding of blood, the scriptures tell you there is no remission of sin. So Christ had to shed his blood and had to be perfect and die for the children of Israel. But when you read verse 13, read verse 13 now. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify it to the purifying of the flesh. So again, what was taking place that the children of Israel will commit sin and they will actually eventually have to... um. Um, sacrifice an animal to be um, um, forgiven of those sins and there will be a time period where you will uh, actually sprinkle a heifer and then that first that that heifer will take on the sins of the children of Israel so again so what he's letting us know is that he ran that law sacrifice to the ground by being that final sacrifice these this eventually was done away with why because they ran this law to the ground and this was not no longer going to bring them what 
um, um, remission of sins. It was no longer going to bring them what? Uh, 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 forgiveness for their sins because they was actually St. James doing what's called mm-hmm. premeditated sin. Right. Um, uh, you could definitely come in on this because this is definitely your topic, St. James. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. I want you to understand it. it's a mystery. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Mystery, even a mystery, hid from ages through history, generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, the nation, victory. You're listening to, listening to Mysteries of the Bible, of Talk Radio, Talk Radio. Now, since Mysteries of the Bible has been on the air, uh, our main goal was to establish truth according to God. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.